Welcome to the Legacy Nashville Podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Take your Bible out. We're going to go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. We are diving back into our pre-Easter sermon series, and that is going to be called Truth to... Y'all remember it? Truth to... It's probably on the screen there, yeah. All right, how many of you brought your physical Bibles to church today? Can I see them? Yeah, and everybody who didn't is like... I got a digital. It's okay. We like the digital too, but we are in a season right now where we are declaring that in 2024, Legacy Nashville will increase greatly in our biblical literacy. I I, I didn't hear too many amens on that, but that's a good thing. Increase our biblical literacy. We're going to be reading verse 37 all the way down to verse 45. Can y'all read that much? We good? It's a lot of scripture. You sure? Verse 37 all the way to verse 45. We're going to read verse 37. I'm going to give you some context. All right. So we're going to pause for the calls just for a second. I'm going to give you some context and then we're going to read the rest. Are you good? All right. Let's do it. Verse 37. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at table. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So one of the things about the last time we read a story about Jesus eating with a Pharisee, there's only been one other occasion. He received an invitation from a Pharisee named, if anybody knows, I'm just, if you were not in the first service, I'm going to give you a Starbucks gift card named Simon, Simon. And this time, this Pharisee that invites Jesus over for his dinner party is anonymous. So we don't know the Pharisee's name. Now, Luke, the gospel writer, probably has good reason for that. And that is because he wants to keep the Pharisee anonymous so that we don't believe that Jesus is only talking to him. He keeps the Pharisee anonymous because he wants us, everybody say me, the reader to receive the teaching of Jesus as though Jesus is talking to you. Everybody say me. All right, so we don't get the Pharisee's name. We see that the Pharisee is anonymous. The teaching is for everybody. Everybody say everybody. Everybody. Now, I want to point out one other thing, and that is that All throughout the Gospels, Jesus says yes and no to a number of things. We don't always know why, but the two events that Jesus always says yes to going to are weddings and dinners. (laughs) Jesus is a bit of a partier. Modern Irish-American scholar named John Dominic Crossan, he says that this earns Jesus another title, 
and that is the perennial party animal. Jesus is a partier. He's been anointed with the oil of gladness far above that of his companions. So Jesus enjoys partying a little bit. The last thing I want to point out before we go to verse 38 is that he is reclining at the table. If you read the rest of chapter 11 this week for your homework, you will see that the plot to murder Jesus ramps up significantly after this because he rebukes the Pharisees and the lawyers. But I want you to peep your God's posture. He, lazy boy. We reclining. My God's got time to linger. He's always on the move, but he ain't never in a hurry. And he's lingering. Some of y'all are like, can you please go to verse 38? Y'all ready? Verse 38. The Pharisee, everybody say, that's me. Uh-oh was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, now you, everybody say, that's me. I can tell you guys are hesitant. You're like, I don't know if I want to like say. Cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are, those things that are, one more time, those things that are, and behold, everything is clean for you, but woe to you. For you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done. Not Jesus endorsing the tithe, pastor. I thought that was strictly for Old Testament. LS, where's LSM students? I, th- I was, thought I was going to get an amen on that one. Oh, they're up in the mezzanine. That's what's up, what's up, what's up. Those you ought to have done without neglecting the others. That means you do justice and the love of God. Woe to you, Pharisees. Everybody say, that's me. For you love the best seat in the in church, at the dinner party. And you also love the greetings in the marketplaces. I'm going to go viral. What's up? I want... I can tell this ain't going to go well today. I just, woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, last verse, teacher, in saying these things, you insult us. Anybody ever been insulted by God before? If you ain't, you just got saved. Because it's coming. I watched that Deion Sanders clip this morning. We coming. They ain't heard. We coming. Y'all seen that one? Four people. I I like sports, all right? So, like, I got a Coach Prime talk for you today. And I know you didn't want to say, yeah, that's me. I'm the Pharisee. But, you know, I believe that my job as a pastor, a majority of the time, is to comfort the afflicted. But every now and then... The Holy Spirit asked me to afflict the comfortable. 
So go ahead, put the seatbelt on. I'm sorry. I know today is baby dedication day. Today is not the day to give an invitation to come and die. We like those words, come and live, come and live. We're going to get them too. But today is going to be one of them come and die messages. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know. You sure? All right, here's the name of the message. The Pharisee in me. You know that Kermit meme? (laughs) The Pharisee in me. Jesus, I ask that you would investigate our hearts this morning. I ask that you would dive deep into the corners of our soul. I ask that you would speak to us today about what's actually happening in us. Anything that we have tried to hide from you and hide from others that you have placed us in covenant relationship with, I pray you go into us today and you shine a light on those places so they might be revealed, so that they might be healed. We choose no to concealing anything, God. We choose yes to revealing everything. And we ask, God, that you would go to work on us this morning, great physician, and heal us, set us free, bless us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen and amen. Look at your neighbor on your way to your seat. Say, this message is for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, pastor. I don't know. I don't know if this one is for me. I'm not sure. You know, uh, one of the things that we have started to do, and that's why I had you hold the Bible high, is that we have become a family culture that really values the Word of God. We want to build our lives not on tradition. We want to build our lives on truth. We are a spirit-filled, theologically-minded church at Legacy Nashville. We build our lives on truth. So we've become, in this season, Bible nerds. Any real nerdy people in here, Bible nerds, you know? So uh, if you can prove it by showing me your highlighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So go ahead and push your glasses up. And then, <laughs> and then highlight verse 39 through 41 because that's where we're going to hang the nail today. And if you want, just leave your Bible open because I'm going to refer to some scriptures that we didn't read. But you can just highlight verse 39 through 41 because what Jesus wants to do is he wants to come for the distance between our inside and our outside. When I was reading this this week and thinking, I'm going to have to preach this. Dang it. I'm going to have to preach this. Great physician, I know you're dealing with the difference between my outside and my inside today because you want me to be an integrated person. You want to speak to the Pharisee in me, that religiosity that wants to hide behind my mask that I put over my face when I step into the sanctuary on Sunday morning. You are coming for me, Jesus, man. And, and that's why I said it's a coach prime. I felt like Jesus was like, oh, we coming. Yeah. Felt like Jesus was saying, I am coming for the fake holiness this morning. Yeah. I felt like Jesus was saying, I'm coming for that Botox religion this morning. I felt like Jesus was saying, I'm going to come for that clout chasing Christianity 
my, my, my. This morning, I felt like that's what the Holy Spirit was saying. So if it's okay with you, I'm just going to preach this one like the Holy Spirit gave, gave it to me. I said, okay, okay, Lord, if that's what you want, come get me. Now, I mentioned that the, the Pharisee here, he's anonymous, so we don't really know a lot about him. But if we were to be kind to the Pharisee, we might say he is audacious. But I think if we were to be honest about the Pharisee, we would say he is arrogant. The reason I say that this Pharisee is arrogant because of how our story unfolds. The first thing that we learn about the Pharisee is that he interrupts Jesus's sermon. Look at this, verse 37. While Jesus was speaking, can you imagine the audacity of this anonymous Pharisee to see Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the prophet, the Messiah, right in the middle of breaking down some truth, and you have the audacity to say, excuse me, Jesus, I know you're in the middle of a sermon, but I'm thinking maybe you can come over to my house for dinner. Does anybody else think that is a bit audacious? You're going to interrupt the Son of God while he is preaching. But see, this is something that I've learned about Pharisees. See, it's the Pharisaic perspective that believes that the sermon is rarely ever for them. The Pharisaic perspective is that this sermon is not for me. This sermon is for them. Preach it, preacher, because they need to hear it. That's the Pharisaic perspective. Anytime you come to church and you are tempted to buy into the lie that the sermon is not for you, can I remind you that the Holy Spirit woke you up this morning and brought you to this place? So if the message was not for you, why did the Lord see fit to bring you here this morning? Well, you're not giving me that heavy revy, pastor. This ain't deep enough. I want some revelation. Well, maybe you don't need more revelation. Maybe you just need to be reminded. Maybe you need to be reminded of a word that God dropped in your spirit a decade ago that you ain't done nothing about yet. God won't speak to me, pastor. You know how often I've heard that? He ain't speaking to me. You know what I say? Have you done the last thing that he told you to do? No, I ain't done it. Well, who are you to demand a fresh word from God after you've disobeyed the last one? I'm just wondering because I ain't never met nobody who was able to do that. I'm just wondering, you know, what, what kind of relationship y'all got because I know what kind of relationship we got. And Jesus is consistent in giving me words with an expectation that I would be obedient because our God has not called us, church, to simply be hearers of the word, he's called us to? Now walk it out. <laughs> Doers of the word. We're not just in here learning so we can get some more information. We're in here receiving life-giving revelation. We're, we're digging into the scriptures for healthy interpretation so that we can build our lives on truth with right application. This is what God has called us to do. And, you know, 
as I thought about the Pharisee interrupting Jesus, I thought, I wonder what in the world Jesus was even preaching. Like maybe the Pharisee thought like, I know about this already. If you have your Bible open, you can actually go back to verse 33 and you can see the title of the sermon that the Pharisee interrupted and it's called the light in you. Now this is wild to me because Jesus gives a message at the dinner table of the Pharisee about what's going on where? Inside. But the sermon that the Pharisee interrupted was a message all about what's going on Now, I don't know about you, church, but this is something that I have learned about Jesus is that whenever Jesus wants me to get a word, he makes sure that he puts it in front of me every single opportunity that he gets. I might try to change the setting, but he doesn't change the message. I'm tired of that word that I keep hearing at that church. I'm going to go to another church. And then the preacher over there is preaching the same sermon series. No, God, I don't want you to talk to me about my ungodly relationship. And then you get on Instagram and the same content is on every channel. No, 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 no. I, I don't, I don't want to hear anything about that. But then you turn on the radio and the same song is on every station. Jesus just has a way of getting his, his words to us. Have you ever noticed that? But when I read the scripture, I'm like, Jesus, why did you even waste your time with this anonymous, sassy Pharisee? This dude interrupted your preaching. He invites you over for dinner. You accept the invitation. You resume the sermon. Like, I don't even know if he's going to get it. Why in the world did you show up? You know, because despite the apparent entitlement that the Pharisee is carrying, he goes over to his house. And this is something I've learned about Jesus is that Jesus will give us presence despite our entitled perspectives. A lot of times we look at God's presence as a justifier of our mindset. God is hanging around me, therefore I must not be doing anything wrong. Jesus shows up when I pray, therefore I must be thinking correctly. Are you with me? Here's another attribute of the Pharisaic perspective. They see Jesus' presence and God's blessings as his approval of their heart posture and their hot takes. My political perspectives are obviously correct because when I pray, the presence of God shows up. Y'all ain't talking to me this morning, okay. Okay. It's obvious that he likes everybody I like. He dislikes everybody I dislike. Because when I go to pray, the glory of God shows up. How often do we do this, church? We use his presence as a justifier that he is on our team with all of our perspectives and hot takes. But maybe the reason why Jesus is showing up and blessing you with his presence is not just to show up and give you a compliment as to what you've done with the place. Oh, I love your house decor. I love the condition of your heart. I'm just, I'm just showing up to assuage your ego and just compliment all of the beliefs that you already possess. And I'm not showing up to try to remodel or change anything. I'm simply showing up to compliment you on what you've done with yourself. 
Like, when does Jesus do that in the Gospels exactly? Because I've never read a story where Jesus doesn't come into the house and pretty quickly offend his host. The glory of God is here. Okay, yes, why? Because he's interested in transformation, because he's interested in my maturity, because he's interested in me being changed from the inside out. Jesus is my God, not my grandmother. My granny, her name is Benita. One day, hopefully, you'll meet her. I ain't never done nothing wrong in her eyes. Not a thing, man. I mean, I'm telling you. She she clipped my fingernails till I was eight. Almost full grown, man. I was sitting in her lap. She would spoon feed me fruity pebbles while I watched Looney Tunes. I was like in fifth grade. I ain't never done nothing wrong in her eyes. You know what I mean? And a lot of times that's the way that we see God when we come into his presence. It's like, oh, he's just here to affirm me. He's just here to compliment me. He's just here to tell me I'm doing a really great job. And he does do that. There's no doubt about that. But Jesus oftentimes in the Bible has a habit of offending his host. Those who are well have no need of a physician. Jesus is so faithful to poke at the very thing in us that he longs to remove. And that's why the message keeps coming back because he wants us to be healed. He wants us to get better. He wants us to be integrated. He wants our outside to match our inside. He wants us to be healthy people. If you think Jesus is never going to offend you, just keep walking with him. Uh, You know, Pastor Bill Johnson said, God offends the mind to reveal the heart. And one of the ways that Jesus positions us for transformation is by offending us. Because he wants us to get integrated. He wants us to get healed. I need you to remember, if you cannot be offended, you cannot be discipled. And that goes for our human leaders as well. If you want to be discipled by somebody, you are signing up for that person to offend you. Because at some point, they're going to go poking around in your stuff. And they're going to say, man, you look great on the outside. I see you showed up with your robe today, Pharisee. But what's happening here in your life? What's happening in that relationship? What's happening in your heart when that's, what's going on with you? Because the outside's not matching the inside. And what Jesus wants to do is to have the inside and the outside integrated. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this story, I think about all of the moments that I go out to eat with new Christian friends. And when you go out to eat with new Christian friends, do you ever play that game on the inside where you don't know when to eat? and when to pray. You know what I'm talking about? Like, cause like I say grace, y'all say grace over your food, right? Like, thank you Jesus for the food, amen, hallelujah. But when you're out with a new Christian couple, you don't really know when to pray. Do we pray like before the apps or we pray before the entrees? So there's that awkward moment, you know, you're like, when do we eat? What if there's free bread? God forbid there's free bread and butter. You don't know. So we, we hit the butter. 
this, it ain't praying time yet because these don't really, we, these kind of like pre-blessed or something. I don't know, like our last prayer covered these. But when the apps get here, we hold hands and we say, great, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I'm just imagining it's one of those awkward moments because everybody's at the table and the food is there. And, and they're like, okay, um, I wonder when Jesus is going to wash up because we're about to eat here. And before we eat, we need him to wash up because that is the word of God. And if we don't wash our hands before we eat, then we'll be in sin. So I'm hungry. It's kind of getting cold. I wonder when he's going to get up and wash his hands. And instead of getting up from the table and washing, your God, our Messiah, grabs hold of a baby carrot hits the hummus, because we in Israel, you know what I'm saying? If we're in America, it's queso. I don't even care that that's Mexican food. Queso will be at the marriage supper of the lamb, by the way. I can tell you right now. Man, he hits that hummus, crack, and the place goes bananas. Sinner! Right? Listen, Jesus did not violate Scripture. You can read Leviticus and Deuteronomy. It is not a sin not to wash before you eat, but the way in which they interpreted that Scripture was that unless you washed before you ate, you were in sin. Jesus was not violating Scripture. He was just violating their interpretations of Scripture, which, by the way, Jesus is still faithful to do to you today. Oh, you thought that's what it meant. Well, let me reveal to you that that's not actually truth, Lyle. That's Pharisaic perspective. That's just tradition. That's you, what you've been taught by people, not what I say. I had a pastor one time, he used to say, truth is what God says. Religion is what man says God says. I mean, I grew up in a holiness environment. Some of you may have grown up similar. Um, and, you know, different denominations, very powerful. Presence of God shows up every single Sunday. I saw miracles. I saw the gifts of the Spirit. I saw some of the most anointed preaching, some of the most anointed worship. I still watch their conferences. I still subscribe to their YouTube channels because, man, I'm telling you, they do know God, and they're amazing, and they're awesome, but they would preach all kinds of crazy stuff from the pulpit, like, if you have a beard, you're going to hell. I remember in Sunday school one time, I was like, hey, uh, so, Pastor, it says right here, uh, they plucked the beard from his face. Is that why we can't have beards or like, you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's not truth, it's tradition. And this was the fault of the Pharisees is that they were the teachers of the law. That means they were the recipients of God's revelation. Their responsibility was to give proper interpretation and then to encourage application. Unfortunately, over time, the applications that they were enforcing were more to protect their own self-interest than they were to preserve God's truth. And when you start exalting man's traditions to the level of God's truth, you're going to find yourself wearing a robe of a Pharisee. 
And so that's what's happening here. And Jesus said, no, no, that's not going to cut it. I'm about to offend you. I want you to get free of this. We're going to have to do something different. So Jesus looks at the table. He says, I see y'all going crazy. I'm looking at the table here. How do I illustrate this point? So what Jesus did was he went ahead and grabbed something that was used all the time in order to illustrate his point, which I want to do today. So I actually have something that, uh, that you know, I want to use today as an illustration of my point. Y'all see here, this is something we use all the time. It's a Yeti cooler. This is way too expensive, by the way. <laughs> Jesus said, we're at the table. I'm going to go ahead and use some illustrations. It's from Ikea, by the way. So I'm going to go ahead and use an illustration. He says, okay, let me talk to you Pharisees for a little bit. I know you really care about what's happening on the outside. I know you really care about being cute. I know you really care about being popular. I know you really care about going viral. So you look like this cup right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All the men in the room right now are like, thank you. For calling out the Stanley, I got 16 of them. They don't even fit in my dishwasher. <laughs> I know, I know. But look at this thing, man. This, this right here is clean. I found this in the back of my wife's minivan. I don't even know how long it's been back there. It's been a, a minute, I can tell you that. I hate to admit that publicly, but been back there. And it looks nice. I mean, if you go on TikTok, these is everywhere, right? There was a woman recently arrested for, st for stealing $2,500 worth of these. I got a photo of the cop car. It's crazy, man. That, you know it's popular when people start stealing a whole bunch of them. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I see y'all in here right now. Some of y'all are like, I got, I got three of those. What you trying to do, pastor? What, what, is, what is it that this cup communicates? Because you're not going to put this cup by your Bible in the morning when you take your Devo picture for Instagram story. No, no, you ain't putting that cup. You're putting, we're going to put that stand. That cup communicates something about me. Right? I'm fancy. I'm in the know. I'm cute. Watch me throw this thing in the stroller as I walk through the Green Hills Mall. I'm a mom. <laughs> and you best believe I prioritize my self-care. <laughs> am I, am I? Hey, yeah, yeah, right? That's what this represents. You know what it communicates to me? I pay way too much for water bottles. <laughs> that, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, but you know, the thing is, is that this cup is so cute. But you know, the only thing that really matters about this cup, and I did pull this from the back of our minivan, is what's in it. It don't really matter how clean it looks on the outside. The only thing that really matters is what's going on on the inside. And I don't know what's in this thing because it's been back there for a little bit. So if it had a protein shake in it, we finished. This illustration's <laughs> over. Because I barely get this thing open. It already smells. Good God. Golly, dude. I'm going to let y'all see what this is. This is some old, nasty dirt, dirt water. This is it. What happened? Good God. 
So anybody thirsty? Anybody want to sip? This is what's crazy about being a parent too, you know, is that we ignore what's happening on the inside and we offer it to our kids every day. Uh-oh, uh-oh, if you could bottle what's happening in you, would you serve it to your children? Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. So it, it's, it's just a cup. I got another cup in the Yeti. I got a Stanley thermos right here. Yeah, this, this bad boy right here has been through some things. Uh, my grandfather, he was, a, uh, he was a brick mason. He carried one of these to work with him every day for 40 years. I don't think he got a new one ever. That thing was so banged up, rusted up. It's even got a cup on the top. You can hit some soup in here. You can't do that with that thing. So this, this is more of like a utilitarian thing, right? I got another cup. Let's see what's in this thing. Wow. Out of his bellies will flow rivers of living water. That's that clean, pure water. Now, I know, look, I know that this right here, this is not popular. This ain't going viral. This ain't cute. This don't communicate nothing about me. But you got to ask yourself, these are both cups. What is the purpose of cups? The purpose of cups is to hold liquid that's consumable to hold drinkable liquid to quench our thirst. Yes, I understand they have the same purpose, but what sets them apart is not what they look like. What sets them apart is what is inside of them. Now, the purpose of this thing here is to quench my thirst, but when I pour out what's in it, you know what? I don't want it. So you know what? It cannot fulfill its purpose. You can't fulfill your purpose looking all cute on the outside when the inside is filled with, woo, ego. Oh, that's some old polluted water that needed to be cleaned out a long time ago. We sang it this morning. You can use me, Lord. Yeah, ain't nothing usable about, it's cute, but you know what's usable? This bad boy right here, it ain't cute. This thing right here, though, is usable, Pharisee, disciple. You know the thing I like about disciples? Disciples don't mind getting dirty. We're going to do the dirty work. Don't even worry about it. This thing could drop off a scaffolding on a construction site, and it's still going to give me what I need. It's still going to fulfill its purpose. It's still going to be usable. See, Pharisees, they resist getting dirty. No, I don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want to touch dirty people. I don't want to touch poor people. I don't want to go to those who are brokenhearted or depressed. I just want to look cute while I sit in the places in the synagogue where everybody sees me. I just want to look cute on the gram in the marketplace that I maintain my virality. No, disciples are like, you can do whatever you want to with me, Lord. I don't care because they understand that the hard work is not the things that God will do with you whenever he has you in his hand. They understand that the hardest work is keeping the inside clean. That's the hard work. And that's the work that you're called to. I know what culture teaches us is all that matters is keeping the exterior clean. All that matters is keeping the exterior shiny. All that matters is that you fake it till you make it and you look great while you do it. But what Jesus is telling the Pharisees, you gotta stop faking it till you make it. I didn't give my life for you on the cross so that you could embrace a Botox religion. 
This ain't about fake holiness. This is about full integration. Look, I know integration is not a Bible word, but integrity is. And here's how you get fully, here's how you get fully integrated. Honesty. Honesty, where you say, God, here's what's really happening in here. I know I look great on the outside, and I, I, you know, if, if you're not confessing that today, that don't matter either. But here's what's really going on on the inside. That's how you get healed. That's how you get set free. That's how you come home. That's how you get integrated. That's how the inside matches the outside. I'll give you one more verse of scripture and we'll close. Jesus gave a prescription to the Pharisee. Jesus gave a prescription to me. Jesus gave a prescription to you as to how to get clean. He said, offer as alms the inside. Church, can I encourage you this morning? Offer your insides as an offering. I know you tithed. I know you gave an offering to the Bames. I know you may have served today out in the lobby. I know, I know you may have stopped for a few people and said hi to them even though you didn't feel like it, but you wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I know that you've given some offerings this morning, church, but can I encourage you? Will you offer what's actually going on on the inside of you as an offering? Because that's the only way that you're gonna get clean. That's what Jesus says. If you don't offer what's here as an offering unto me, you can't be clean. But when you do, everything is clean. Everything is clean. Church, can I encourage you, stop holding back what's human about you. Stop holding back your humanity. We didn't come in here and sit down like ornaments on a Christmas tree just to be a decorative feature of the house of God. No, we came in here as real people with real struggles and real issues. But praise God, Jesus has done the work to connect us and bring us into fellowship with a real God. And what we have to do is say, here it is. Here's what's really going on in here. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm mad. I'm hurting. I'm wounded. I'm upset. I'm not well. Could we just take the religious mask off for 30 seconds? Jesus, we need you. If you don't mind, stand to your feet, please. I just want to pray for you in the room today. If you're in here today and you don't know Jesus, I want, I want to pray for you. If you don't mind, just close your eyes, bow your heads. Just a moment, please. If you are in this room today and, and you do not know Jesus, would you just lift your hand in the air? I want to pray for you. Do you want to come home to Jesus right now? If that's you and you need that, you need to accept Jesus. If that's you, will you lift your hand? I don't see any hands. So if it's you, just wave it high because I want to welcome you. I see you. I see you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Come on. We're going to pray with them right now. Come on. Anybody else? Awesome. Come on, pray all together. I see you, sis, that lifted your hand. You pray this out loud with me. Everybody in the whole room is going to pray. Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus you, are my you are my Savior. I repent of my sins, I of my sins. and I turn from my ways. I believe in my heart that you resurrected from the dead, and I confess with my lips that you are Lord. Fill me with the Spirit. I'm yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. 
If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.